I'm Nathan Whitaker, and this is 1618. On Tuesday, I talked about the rights of the citizen in self-defense, and specifically, what does the Bible say about a citizen acting in self-defense? Today, I want to talk about what does this Bible say about the state acting on behalf of its people in order to protect them? What does it say about the state acting in violence? This could be in times of war. This could be as a police officer. This could be exercising capital punishment. But first, let's recap what the rights of the citizen were. And if you didn't listen to that episode on Tuesday, I invite you to go back and listen to it to get the full idea of what we were discussing before. So we looked at the citizen, that the citizen doesn't have total permission to use the sword, but they do have permission to be armed in self-defense. However, in using that weapon for self-defense, there is a very limited permission in order to attack an assailant, and they don't have permission to seek revenge on someone who has attacked them. And the ultimate punishment for that wrongful killing of another citizen, if it was not following the example set by the Bible, the punishment for that should be death. But now as we look to the state, things are a little bit different. And when I talk about the state, like I said before, I'm talking about law enforcement, uh, the judicial system, the military, for example. The state has permission to use the sword. If we go back to Romans chapter 13, verse 4, we see that this is exactly what Paul was saying, that the one in authority is God's servant, either God's servant for good for those who are following the law, or God's servant for wrath for those who have broken the law. And it is up to the rulers, it is up to the authorities, it is up to the state to protect the citizens, to use the sword. Now, that doesn't always mean capital punishment, but it does mean that the rulers are the ones who have the authority to exercise judgment on the citizens who have broken the law. But we also see that the state has permission to kill, for example, during times of war. We see over and over in the Old Testament that it is, in fact, God's plan that the Israelites invade the Promised Land and utterly destroy the other nations as a means of purging the evil from the land. And so in those situations, when you are in war as someone in the military, it is not wrong to kill as long as it is in the confines of that war, because it is in fact the responsibility of the state or of the military to protect its citizens through war. And the last way that the state has permission to use the sword is by exacting revenge, like I mentioned before, or exercising capital punishment. If you look in Numbers chapter 35, verses 30 through 31, it says this, Anyone who kills a person is to be put to death as a murderer only on the testimony of witnesses, but no one is to be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. Do not accept a ransom for the life of a murderer who deserves to die. They are to be put to death. Now, why am I bringing this up in in the view of the state? Well, Very obviously, in verse 30 here, it is talking about witnesses, it is talking about testimony, and that's immediately giving us the uh, idea that we are in a court-type setting. We're in a setting where there is a judge, and witnesses are being brought forth and given testimony in order to condemn someone who has committed murder. 
in these situations, if that testimony from those witnesses condemns the person that they have committed murder, then it is up to the state, it is up to the court officials, it is up to the authorities to put that person to death. And this is something that is commended by God. So what does this mean for us going forward? As Christians, as citizens, or even if you are in law enforcement, or you're in the judicial system, or you're in the military, well, I think that a general rule that we see throughout the Bible is that we should not seek for violence. Now, that does not mean that we should avoid violence, because sometimes there is a reason to act violently, whether it is in war, or whether it is in self-defense, or whether it is in exercising capital punishment. But as Christians, we should not go out seeking for violence. Instead, I'm reminded of the verse which says that in all ways we should seek to live at peace with all people. But at the same time, there may be times where violence is the answer. Another thing that I think of is that we should always seek to save life rather than kill. Their debate has gone on and on about law enforcement officers, for example, not using deadly weapons or not shooting to kill. And I think that anybody who has been trained with guns or who has been trained to shoot or to use a weapon has been told just to shoot center mass or just to shoot in order to stop the assailant. And most of the time that means that the person will die. And there's a lot of discussion that has to be had about should we try to shoot in order to stop and not try to shoot in order to kill, but will that increase the chance of others being hurt? And there's a lot of debate there, but I think that as a Christian, in all circumstances, our first instinct should be to try and save life rather than kill. But that might mean that we have to kill one assailant in order to protect a hundred people from being killed. So again, there's a balance there. And the third thing that I'm thinking about is that we should only use lethal force when absolutely necessary, under the restrictions given by the Bible. If there is a chance that we can get away with something without using lethal force, if there's a way that we can uh, stop someone without using lethal force, just like I said, then it is probably better to not use that lethal force and instead to save the assailant's life and to not kill them. There are only limited permissions that we have as citizens to kill somebody else and to not be guilty of their blood. But there are a lot of situations, and it is a very severe punishment if we wrongfully kill that person, and then we are guilty of their blood, and we are deserving of death. But we have to find the balance. Pacifism is an extreme of saying that we should have nothing to do with violence, but being a vigilante is also an extreme of seeking violence and seeking revenge when it is not your place. But our mission should always be to spread the gospel through our words, our actions, our deeds, and most importantly, our testimonies. There are many more questions that can be raised about the subject, but I challenge us all to seek biblical guidance in our understanding of self-defense and our understanding of violence and our understanding of things that happen in this world, then it's important that we remember that the law of the land is not the ultimate authority. If we were to say, well, it's okay to shoot somebody in self-defense if you are acquitted for it, but is our ultimate authority the law of the land? Would that not then give full permission to things like abortion or things like gay marriage? No, we understand that the Bible is the ultimate authority. And oftentimes the law of the land will not match the law of God. But as Christians, we must hold ourselves to a higher standard, a life that glorifies God in all that we do so that we may win more souls for him. Thank you for listening to 1618. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review wherever you are listening. If you have any questions for me, you can reach out on social media where you can follow me and get information about upcoming episodes and other events. If the Lord has put it on your heart to donate to this podcast and the ministry that my family and I are doing in Romania, you can support us directly or through Patreon, where you will also receive exclusive content and early access to some episodes. For more information, please visit my website, 1618podcast.com. That's 1618podcast.com. This podcast is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community, a division of Striving for Eternity Ministries.